Hello friends and welcome to the Be Kind to Your Mind podcast. I am your host Rachel Bell and my guest joining me on today's show is Lisa. I'd like to remind you that this is a safe space to share, listen, learn and evolve in our lives and break down the barriers in our minds together. I am not a health professional, but I am a good listener and someone with real lived experience in this area. If you do need someone professional to speak to, please see the show notes for more information. And please note this episode may contain content that could upset certain listeners. If you'd like to get in contact with me, as always, you can find me on email via Be Kind to Your Mind podcast at gmail.com. And you can also jump on over to the Instagram page by the same name, Be Kind to Your Mind podcast. Well, 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 guys, I just want to say before we get to talking about Lisa's story, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your lovely messages you've been sending me lately. And thank you so much for your patience while I took a little time away from the podcast. Uh, Life here in Melbourne, Australia has uh, got a bit hectic in the last month or so, being that we have gone into uh, the severe stage four of COVID-19 lockdown. Our state has been declared a state of disaster and emergency and it basically means that we can't leave our homes um, except to shop or go to the doctors and um, you know we can't also travel more than five kilometers from our home either. So it's been a huge transition for us here. I've also had to bring my uh, my office, my work into home now so I work from home and um, that's been a huge change as well mental health, anxiety, depression, Um, you know, the fact that both my partner and I have our families that live well over five kilometres away, we've not been able to see anyone um, for at least two to three months at the moment and it's, it's, it's been a struggle. But I have managed to get myself back on track a little bit with this podcast, hence why you're hearing from me today. And I hope you enjoy this uh, little chat that I had with Lisa. So Lisa and I met via um, a company that we both used to do sales for in essential oils. I no longer work there as I've gone back to full-time work now, but Lisa is still continuing her journey and her business with the essential oils. So we had a little chat together about how essential oils can effectively uh, support your mental wellness. We also talk about how she uses it for a special connection with her daughter, um, her family and friends. And also we talked about workplace bullying and Lisa's story around that. And we also dive in a little bit about, I guess I want to call it self-respect, about the way that we treat ourselves and how we should be treating ourselves the way we treat others. Hello, Lisa, and welcome to Be Kind in Mind podcast. How are you today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, beautiful Sunday. You and I sort of... um, uh, met online because we both uh, enjoy a love of essential oils a year or so ago I think it was um, but we've never had a lovely chat like this so it's nice to to do that um, no I said definitely for sure thanks for having me yeah no, no worries um, and the thing that why I'm really keen to talk to you about this today is about essential oils and support so you actually run an essential oil business I I don't, I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, but I think it's, um, I still a hundred percent believe in these oils and how good they are for us. And it's definitely one of the things I use in my wellness regime. Um, 
as we dive into have a little chat about your mental health background and um, the sort of struggles and things that you've met uh, come up against during your life with your family and even yourself as well. Um, talk to us a little bit, I guess, first about what it was like for you as a child, what your, um, your background was. Uh, I was born in New South Wales and we moved to Queensland when I was eight. Um, my dad's a bricklayer, so um, the cold was too much for him down there. Um, just all that physical work. He needed warmer weather, otherwise he couldn't drag himself out of bed some days and do a bit of, you know, damage back and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty, you know, normal middle class sort of life. Um, I've got a sister and myself and, um, you know, nothing really. Uh, I wouldn't say it was, you know, we're wealthy or we're, you know, poor, but we had a pretty good life. Didn't really go on a lot of holidays, um, but we spent a lot of time together, which was really cool. Um, I'm, I guess I just high school and uni and I'm quite studious. So that was sort of my little forte, quite academic and, um, you know, high school, uni, um, became a chartered accountant. So that's my profession right now. So you wear a lot of hats now, don't you? you um, yeah. You're a mum to a yeah. gorgeous seven-year-old and you're a full-time accountant, you, you're a business owner, you're a wife. Like that's, there, there's obviously, there can be a lot of struggles that happen with all those hats and to know which one to put on at which time. Um, I'm sure that that's kind yes. of, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you, you, you sort of mentioned to me earlier a little bit about family history of depression and even schizophrenia. Oh, yeah. Growing mm-hmm. up, how was that sort of... Um, how did that affect you or how, how did you view that at all going through high school? Can you talk to us a little bit? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Um, well, my mum was, is, is, um, she's still alive and she lives with us now. Um, she's an amazing woman. And, um, I think in her early thirties, she was looking after her paraplegic mum. Um, and my father, sorry, my grandfather, who was, um, a insulin dependent, um, schizophrenic, schizophrenic. Um, so she was like early thirties and she had those people that were basically hundred percent dependent on her. Um, I think I was maybe only 12 or 13, quite young. Um, and so it was just hard because like, you know, obviously a lot of her attention was on them. Um, not that she ever like took it away from us because she was a stay at home mum, obviously having that, um, to look after, she couldn't really go and work. And my dad would work up to seven days a week to support us financially if he needed to. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was different, but I guess it's all I knew. Like I thought that was normal. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think in lots of ways it's um, made me a, um, a better well-rounded person because um, even up until January this year, we had my father-in-law living with us for the last 12 years as well. So um, we've had always had extended family because my parents are Europeans. So I think it's just sort of a dumb thing. But, um, yeah, I think it does. Like you, I think it comes a lot more tolerant and accepting of people because you're like, well, it's not their fault. You know, they've got a medical condition. Um, they are, he was, my grandfather was quite heavily medicated. So um, I think you think of a grandfather as someone, you, you know, you go outside and kick the ball with or, you know, sit down and read a book and, you know, as a young kid. Um, but we couldn't really do anything with him because that many, like 30 years ago, sort of now that was, um, he, the medication was so heavy that um, you didn't really live a full life. Like he didn't really live a full encompassing life like we probably do these days because there's so many other outlets for us like um you know mindfulness or meditation or essential oils or other things like that whereas back in those days that's all you did medicate yeah that must have been hard to watch as a young child as well someone that you love yeah, go through yeah. that mm. it was hard like I said but um it was all I knew because I only had one mm. grandfather that I knew so to me that was my normal 
So yeah. until you yeah. sort of look at other people's grandparents and you're like, oh, okay, well, they're out in the park and having picnics and all those yeah. normal family gatherings. And, um, yeah, it just wasn't that way for us. But, you know, uh, I guess you just have to roll with the punches. Do you think that it made you more socially aware as you got older, like even now, for instance, because obviously one of the things I talk about a lot, uh, both on my Instagram page and on, on our podcast is, is the fact that we're trying to make, you know, mental health awareness, like more socially, I don't like the word acceptable, but just socially acceptable, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. trying to get everyone to realize that there are different ways that people act and behave, but it's not always from a negative point of view. So has that made you a little bit more accepting of differences, do you think? Um, I think so. And as well as like my parents were refugees from Croatia. Um, so they came over when they were 13 and 14 respectively, like they escaped um, pretty bad circumstances there. So um, to them, Australia was the lucky country coming here. Yeah. They had a really good life compared to what the life they would have had in Europe. So um, I think having that awareness that they sort of instilled to us that no matter what we had, it was always a blessing. Um, and even if we didn't go on holidays, it wasn't a bad thing. But um, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, um, uh, yeah, I am a bit more, I guess, socially aware. Um, and everyone's different. Like, I mean, you can't judge people. Um, like, for example, my mum and dad came here not knowing English um, mm. and my dad within 12 months was ducks of his school and he could mm. hardly speak a word of English. So, you know, that kind of tenacity and difference as he was bullied because he was different obviously then and as they worked up the, the ladder in different jobs and stuff, they got bullied because um, they were foreigners and taking away the Australian jobs. So, yeah. um, you know, I guess having that... Um, What's the word? Oh, I guess the stereotypes and stuff there, um, that was, yeah, I think I am a bit more, yes. In answer to your question, long-winded, I think I am more socially aware <laughs> because of having my grandfather living with us and that kind of, um, you know, a situation that he was going through, but also um, my mum and dad's background and, I guess, ethnicity as well. So, Okay. Yeah, and, I mean, look, one of the reasons why I asked that question is because, and I'm, I'm, I'm never – afraid to talk about this because I'm in a different place now but growing up I didn't have access to um well not access but I didn't see any of uh any mental health issues sort of growing up no one in my friends or family group had um anything like that going on so that we kind of I kind of created a um I guess what you don't see doesn't happen so then as I grew up and um, got into my mid twenties, I started seeing it and I was like, what is this? Like this particular, like I had a relationship that was really toxic and I thought this person's just crazy. And I didn't realize that it wasn't just them, but actually a mental health issue that they had that they didn't recognize within themselves. And that's when I kind of started to learn about this stuff. But as someone who grew up knowing nothing about mental illness and then suddenly faced with it, it was really polarizing. And now I know so much more than what I did, um, you know, 20 years of sort of learning about this stuff in a positive light and seeing that, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And the more we mm. know about it and the more we share about it, the easier it becomes to accept for everyone like that too. So I think that's really important. And for people who did grow up with it around them, I think it's either going to end well for them in a positive light like yourself or it could be quite damaging for them as well. So it's mm. interesting to see 
the um, the differences. So, all right, through high school and uni, and then you studied to be a chartered accountant, and that's what you're doing full time now. Do you do you love do you love numbers? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your passion. Um, I put it this way: um, I earn really good money doing something that um, I do enjoy. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's not too difficult. Um, it can be trying um, depending where you work, but um, yeah. I've, I'm in a new role probably last maybe, I think just over two months and um, I feel valued and a good part of the team. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm really, you know, again, making a difference, but um, I, I guess it, like in high school, numbers were very easy for me. It wasn't that difficult and it was just an easy transition to that career. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I do, I've worked in not-for-profit for a little while and that sort of made me feel a lot better about the world because you feel like you're sort of making a difference for, you know, um, the cause, working for the cause sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm working for a private company now and, um, you know, it's nice because it's a family business and, um, you know, I feel like you're sort of making a difference there. But, I mean, I'm not saving lives, put it that way. <laughs> but it's still, it's challenging and enjoying enough and, I've got a good work-life balance now, which is good so I can spend time with my daughter and my husband. So I am enjoying it. Well, that's good. And you, you touched on the fact that it's only a fairly new job. Um, what's the reason of the change of job for you? Well, uh, probably a year ago now, um, I was in a job for quite a few years. Um, and um, unbeknownst to me, uh, they were sort of, uh, there were circumstances that were sort of trying to, pushed me out, I think, um, without, I was very naive to the fact because um, I thought I was I'm doing a good job and I seemed to get on well with everyone. Um, and I was, um, put it this way, I was given an ultimatum um, in a very, uh, it was either leave myself or not leave and then my whole character and ethics as a person would have been um, brought to light in a very negative way. Um, so to me, there wasn't really a choice. Um, I had to sort of resign and move on because it wasn't, I couldn't stand, I couldn't stay around in that role because um, I didn't trust the people that obviously I thought had my back for many years um, and it was over something. So it wasn't even a, um, what's the word? Um, it wasn't like I'd done something wrong accounting wise. It was just really nitpicky, um, you know, just trivial, but um, it could have worked out quite bad. So um that was probably was that whole, three to four. How was that whole situation for you then? How did that make you feel? Because obviously that would have been something that went on for quite a while. It wasn't like a day or two. So what was... No, it was probably, um, it was like three, probably, oh, maybe six to eight weeks or something by the time, you know, oh, wow. I got, you know, had the chat to come in and, you know, was put on off, you know, paid leave until things resolved or whatever. I'm pretty crap to put it mildly. Um because, you know, I've been in accounting for, I think it's, I was 20 when I started, so 22 years, um, and to have your um, personal integrity and ethics attacked over something that wasn't really, you know, I talk about now with my husband and that, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what they were, you know, going on about. Um, and I guess everything I thought that I, um, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm a pretty good accountant, I can do the job well, I'm like, well, am I? like a questioning myself, my self-worth, my self-belief. Um, and like I had about six weeks paid leave um, and I definitely spiralled into a pretty, pretty deep depression, um, sleeping a lot, um, just didn't really feel like doing much at all. And um, it, to be honest, um, essential oils probably saved me from 
being hospitalised, I think. Like, um, I don't know if you heard of Desiree Mangadong. She's um, a, a well-renowned doTERRA Blue Diamond leader and um, she has these books. It's, um, one's called I'm Fabulous, one's called I'm Worthy. And it's like a protocol that you follow for six weeks and basically use different oils to cleanse out the negativity um, and you, you know, you diffuse and you put oils on your body. And I, honest to God, I think that that I'm worthy protocol actually got me out of the depression and I would have been a whole lot worse, but it took probably till I got this new role, which was in March that I thought, Oh God, I'm so not, maybe I should change careers. Like, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be in this job. So, um, yeah, it's been, it was being difficult, but, um, a year on, I feel like I'm coming out into light and that, you know, things are a lot better and, um, my self-worth, I feel like I'm worthy a bit more now and stuff like that. So, Okay, so that, that would have been a, a fairly big hit. I'd suggest that you didn't see it coming at work. It would have just been something that no. would come into the office and let's have a chat. Um, yeah. And, and that all started unfolding. So um, so tell me, like, how did that ha- – like, you mentioned the book that you um, that you read and you did the protocols, but how did you actually find the oils, find doTERRA? How, tell us about that story. Um, well, it actually – my dad passed away six and a half years ago um, and luckily my daughter was about 11 months old. So he was sort of got to the stage where she used to cry every time she saw him because he had a moustache and it used to freak her out, my daughter. And it wasn't, I felt really sorry for my dad because it wasn't the most pleasant of experiences. Um, and so she was 11 months old and he passed away quite suddenly from a heart attack. Um, and I, my, my, my world sort of like crashed a bit then, I think. And, um, my mum was, um, with him for 40 years and they've been together since they were like 16, 17. Um, and oh my God, she was just like a mess. Um, and I was the rock. I had to get through it all. Um, and that was quite tough. Um, because I have a sister, but we don't get on that well. And she's not the greatest support for my mum. Um, and I just felt like if I was the only one my mum had, so I had to be the rock there. Um, and so that chop, she had acreage and a house and it was just too much for her so my husband and I we spent nearly three years every weekend and um all annually like sort of renovating the house to get the most money we could for her to sell um and I think it was probably like I think three years after he passed my daughter was maybe three oh she was four I think nearly um I don't know I was just googling stuff and I'm like I still had that heavy weight on my shoulders like oh is this ever gonna lift like I feel like I'm just so pulled under with um responsibility and um like that it's all on my shoulders but we don't get the best price for mum to sell then she's not gonna have enough money to live off and you know all that kind of thing so um I found essential oils through a friend um online and um, I thought well this sort of looked at what they sort of did and I went well, that sounds pretty good. And I was looking at more natural alternatives for my daughter. Like I'd be making, you know, DIY, you know, nappy balms and things like that and buying mm-hmm. organic. And it just got so expensive. I'm like, it's going to be a cheaper way of doing this. And that was sort of my segue. But in looking back in hindsight, the main reason I got it actually was for mental support back then. Even though I was like, no, no, I'm getting it for my daughter. Um, but I started using the oils for myself, getting through my dad's, like with the grief of my dad as well. So even before this workplace issue, like three, and I've been using it for three and a half years, I was sort of supporting myself right from the beginning as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I noticed that a lot with my clients when I had my oil business that it, a lot of the time it was driven by um, mental wellness 
being able to ease that grief or that um, anxiety, like one of the biggest things for me um, at that time was anxiety. I would just have panic attacks where I'd just be sitting there at the table, not doing much at all. And all of a sudden I'd just have a panic attack or I'd drive to a supermarket and sit in the car park for like, and sit in the car for an hour and not even know what I'm doing there. Like it was at that point, and I was in a toxic relationship then. And it was at that point that I just was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is ridiculous. I'm sitting in a car crying for an hour and I don't know why. Mm. Um, and then what I learned as I went, as I introduced, you know, natural remedies and oils into my life was that when you have that panic attack, um, for me, my favorite thing was grabbing um, an easy air and just cracking the bottle and just taking deep breaths. So all of that lovely um uh, you know, eucalyptus and, and lemon and everything just like hitting and opening up everything. And I could snap out of a panic attack in like under five minutes, whereas before it would be mm. like an hour. So I was like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. What is this magic? And I think, yeah, I was sold. <laughs> so um, <laughs> when you have that experience with something, being able to share that with other people and go, no, I promise you that this will be better. It may not solve the problem, but, um, you know, if you can go from an hour panic attack to like five, 10 minutes, then why wouldn't you want to give it a go? So, yeah, I noticed that a lot. Um, people would go, oh, I have this rash or like my daughter has or my son has this issue. And you'd be like, okay. And then, so what about you? And then all this stuff would unfold about like the way that they're feeling and the pressure that they're under being a mom and working and all this stuff. And you'd be like, okay, this is, this is what's going to help you. And you always knew that that was going to be more help than anything to do with the rash or the <laughs> whatever it was. So yeah, it's, in, it's interesting that we don't give ourselves that um, permission to go, this is about me. And this is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's what I really liked about, about the oils as well. So, all right. So you, you, you found your, you found your oils and you were able to sort of use them to, to ease some issues that you and anxieties or depression you speak about more so. Um, and then you went through all this, the, the workplace stuff for you. Um, at the other end of that, you decided to just leave then. And yeah, that, that role that I was in. Yeah. Um, just because um it I just thought to myself, it's a bit like you, is this all there is? <laughs> Am I going to like, I can't, you know, you go to work and you have that whole, like almost like, I think I was having almost mini panic attacks myself. Like you have that like a rock on your chest and, you know, your, your stomach's in knots every single day. And um, because um, as the, as everything at that job unfolded, I realised that some people that I trusted for many, many years did not have my back. And, um, Been there. I was yep. actually quite, sh yeah, I was so shocked because I'd socialized with these people and, um, I considered them friends and, you know, mentors and, um, peers and stuff. And I'm just like, I can't work in a situation like this. I can't work for a job like that. You know, it's just, um, yeah, I think that there's more people in the world that are deserving of my, you know, my gifts because I realized I have a gift and. I'm a good worker and um, I'm just like, look, I don't want to be around toxic people like that. So isn't that, an amazing, isn't that an amazing feeling when you finally realize that you've got the ability to get rid of the toxic people in your life? Mm, I think that's a, for sure. 
a really big key that some people miss, you know, and their mental health yeah. really suffers because of it, because you don't have to be around those people. And yes, I am talking about family as well. You do, mm-hmm. you do have the choice to not be with these people in their space if they are creating what like more what's the right english more bad than worse i was going to say but you know what i mean like if it's creating the situation to be worse for you and not better then leave it and it's a really um a saying that i love so much and i know i've posted about it on on the instagram feed as well um you know you have three decisions to make with every situation in life accept it uh change it or leave it and Mm. from the moment i learned that everything about my life changed because mm. then when, yeah, for sure. whenever anything came up that it was horrible or toxic or I felt uncomfortable with it, I would go through through those three options and just decide which one I decided, you know, which one I wanted to take with it. And it's a really yeah. helpful tool for people listening that are struggling with making a decision. Um, like you might have been with work. They were obviously giving you ultimatums as well. And that would have been a really hard thing to come up like, do I leave this job where I'm in a really good pay grade, um, you know, willingly, or do I fight this? Like, I'm sure you must have mm. thought about taking it to court at some point or whether you just... Yeah, definitely. Like- um, I guess as well, um, up until uh, maybe the last, maybe three years, I was the main income provider in my home as well. So um, to have that like um, decision sort of taken away from me, but lucky the last two years, my husband is earning quite substantial money and we're, you know, financially quite in a good position, which we're totally blessed to be in. Um, So I think it made my choice a little bit easier, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, well, you know, we're earning, he's earning money. Like I can go, you know, do tax work if I wanted to, like I hate it, but you know, it's not like I can't get a job. Like, I think I was just being a bit picky in what I thought I should get. So I thought, well, you know, I actually got a job before I'd finished um, working like at notice and stuff at that role and started that. And that was sort of just a temp job to get me, tied me over. And then um, funnily enough, I, I work very close to home now. It's only a 10 minute drive. And before I had an hour and 15 each way commute. Wow. So um, that's a blessing in disguise because I can actually pick my daughter up from school now. Um, so there's a lot of um, benefits, you know, on that side as well. So, um, yeah, I love, I really- I love that message. And I just want to like, for everyone, listen to that again. Like we get so scared when change happens. A lot of us, I'm one, of, I'm a very habitual person. So if you tell me that I have to, you know, move, change jobs, whatever it might be, I go into freak out mode and that's when my anxiety just, you know, skyrockets. But the thing that I've learned as I've got older in life is that, sometimes those changes are happening for a reason and look at you you went through an awful eight weeks of that role of making all these decisions for your family being the main income earner thinking about your children maybe a mortgage all of this sort of thing that you're going through yet at the end of it you're better off now not only just because of that job but you're working closer to home you're being able to pick up your daughter. All of these yeah. benefits that you wouldn't, I can guarantee you wouldn't have seen that back then, I'm sure. No, no, for <laughs> sure. And you're literally in a little bubble. Like, yep. You know, you feel like you, you know, nothing, you've got that one meter around you and you feel like, you know, you can't actually get out of that space. You're like, no, no, no. And that's quite, I think it's hard as well because you feel like you're, um, I'm like, oh my God, I'm neglecting my family. It's just all about me. I'm being so selfish. <laughs> you get all that guilt and, added on to everything else you're going through. So, um, yeah, it wasn't easy, but, um, I think because my grandfather was so heavily medicated and 
you couldn't really have conversations with him. I, I didn't want to go down that route either. So that's why I think I turned um, and have used my, you know, essential oil support so much because um, I didn't want to have that, like, um, what's the word? Like that, uh, my daughter comes to talk to me and mummy won't respond because I'm so drugged up. So mm-hmm. um, that was a, a no brainer for me like I wasn't going to be going down that route but very personal choice I guess as well to make that exactly and I'm not I'm not anti-medication because Mm. um I've I got really quite ill late last year as well um I was in hospital for 10 days and I'm still sort of recovering now and that sort of sent me into another semi-depression I think so um I'm like why me you know what Mm. why what I deserve to get sick and I think in lots of ways it was my body telling me to shut that I needed to stop and I need to slow down and I can't be super mom and wonder woman and do everything. Um, and I think in lots of ways that like another, it's been a blessing again, because like now I'm really mindful of, okay, I'm getting a bit run down. So today I'm going to lie in bed all day before I would be like, I'm not lying in bed all day. Don't be stupid. I've got 20 things to do today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just, if you can't look after yourself as a mum and you can't look after your family properly. So it's made me very self-aware. Okay. I had, um, uh, for quite a few years, uh, I actually was following um, a life coach. And one of the things that she taught me was um, this theory around feather rock truck. Have you ever heard of that before? No. No. Okay. So really quickly, feather rock truck basically is about life situations and um, throwing you either a feather, a rock or a truck. And if you look back, after I tell you this story and for everyone who's listening, if you look back to the situations that have changed and molded your life, you definitely would have seen a feather, a rock and a truck. Now, what those things, um, what I mean when I say that, the feather is usually the first thing that you get. Some people talk about how it is actually literally a feather. (laughs) They may be walking down the street and they see this gorgeous feather on the ground. Um, And, you know, if you want to look into it more, different feather colours have different meanings um, as to to why you saw that particular colour. But it could be an actual feather that you've had to stop and look at and go, oh, okay, I need to take note of something. Or it could be something small that you might almost miss in your life that's happened so it could be you know maybe if you for your situation Lisa if you thought back to before you were called into the meeting office there might to have that chat you know about leaving etc there might have been something that happened like an email or a conversation or a piece of gossip that you overheard or whatever it might be that's your feather that's your little thing to go hey tap 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 on the shoulder you need to have a think about what's happening at life at the moment there's something you're not Mm. quite paying attention to when you ignore the feather comes a rock now i've never heard anyone say that they physically see a rock so i hope that doesn't actually (laughs) happen to anyone where they get a rock lobbed at them but maybe but the rock is usually you know the heavier version of the feather it's like life going all right you ignored the feather i'm going to send you something a little bit more harsh now now in your situation that could have been being called into a meeting now we're going to sit down and have a chat about this thing. Sorry to pick on you, Lisa. But no, <laughs> that's fine. That situation. No, no, go for it. No. Totally, probably not even how it happened for you. But then, you know, and a lot of the times we'll go through that process of the rock, so whatever it might be. And then if we ignore that, life's going to go, all right, dude, you've been ignoring me. I've been trying to tell you there's something you need to fix. I'm going to send you the truck. 
And the truck is usually the thing that just wipes you out. Now I've had this scenario happen to me quite a few times in my 41 years. And I can guarantee you that in hindsight, when you look back, you go, yep, I definitely, definitely remember that feather rock truck moment. Why did Mm -hmm. I have to get to that truck? And the whole point of this is to start recognizing the little things in your life and not being paranoid about things. Like I'm not talking about being hyper, hyper aware, but being aware of your surroundings and what's going on for you and noticing the little things and don't ignore them. And a lot of people put this with health. You know, we might talk about finding a lump in our breast that we'll ignore that then leads to cancer because we didn't do Mm. anything. All right. With COVID at the moment, everyone's like bit of a sniffle, bit of a cough. I'll be okay. The next thing you know, you've got COVID, right? So it's like that whole Mm. being aware of what's happening, taking note of it and, and actioning that thing at the time. So Hopefully that helps some listeners to sort of try and find their way through at least to the rock section and not go to the truck. Because for me, mm-hmm. once I got to truck, my whole life had to change because then everything, yep. everything changed for me in those times. I either had to quit my job, move my house, you know, like, so that they are the big dramatic things in, in, in life that you can try and avoid if we just be a little bit more mentally aware of our state of mind or, you know, what where we're traveling in life i guess so yeah no definitely and i think as well i don't know whether it's um age and experience as well because in your 20s you're so self well i was so self-absorbed um <laughs> you know that's like it's all about me and uh, get your paycheck each week and what can i spend my money on and what i want to do <laughs> and then it's not until you get like you know a little bit of your life experience i think under your belt you're like hang on a minute i don't deserve to be treated like this like I've got choice. I can leave. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's um, definitely life journey and experience and, you know, being a mom as well, I think makes you, I'm like, well, if, if I don't, if I stay in this job, what kind of role model am I being for my daughter? Like I wouldn't expect her to stay in her job and be treated like that. So why why should I stay in that job and be treated like that? I love that. that. So many of us forget that as well because we wouldn't Mm. want something for someone else, but we allow it to happen to ourselves. Yeah. And it's like when we talk to ourselves as well, it's like a lot of times that I'm like, I'm always saying to my daughter, Emily, don't talk to me like that. That's rude. Um, you know, mommy's trying to talk to you nicely. I'm like, I actually talk to myself in my head like that. So I'm like, Ooh, okay. Snap out of it. <laughs> talk to, talk to myself inside how I would talk to my seven year old on the outside or how I want her to talk to me back. That's a really good piece of advice. I like that. That is really good. You should always treat yourself the way you would treat others. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I could take a leaf out. <laughs> a leaf out. <laughs> I think we all, it's all great to talk about it, but sometimes it's hard to put into action. Agree. 100%. Why don't you share with us a little bit about um, your your business and what you do and who you help and maybe give some of our listeners some tips. Thank you. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. So I, like I said, I've been using them for three and a half years and sort of sharing and building my um, business probably for the last two years or so. Um, I, I, I guess I was so, I am such an analytical brain um, being an account, you know, there's black and white, you know, there's no gray in numbers. They're literally, they balance or they don't balance. Um, so for me, actually delving into this emotional and physical side of sciencey stuff that I'm like, well, I'm not a science person. It's been quite fascinating for me because uh, as I'm using these essential oils, I'm like, they actually do work. <laughs> They're not just like yep. this frou-frou, hippie, rubbish stuff. So 
of course, mm-hmm. me being the analytical mind, I had to research things and stuff. And, and more, I was like, I'm going to be the guinea pig. So I'm going to use essential oils on myself. Um, and I guess a lot of the, they've got a really great emotional support um, range. And what, can I just mention a couple that I really enjoy using? Yeah, go for it. Um, so one of my ones that I use every day is Balance. Um, and it's called the grounding blend and it has frankincense in it um, and black spruce, which is just the really good, um, it's just, I call it the Kamiya farm blend. It's like when everything's out of control, you just pop some of that, you know, even I crack open the bottle and have a sieve. Um, and I guess the biggest thing for me that I found using essential oils is how quickly I can change your state. Um, Cause I've been using this analogy quite a lot that, you know, you go to hospital, you have to go under anesthetic. So what do they do? They put the mask over your nose and they count back all 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 and hardly anyone gets to one. So that's your sense of smell. So basically you are inhaling the anesthetic to knock you out. So um, how easily can smelling natural, you know, products like essential oils can change the way you, your mind works? Because basically that, that um, anesthetic is telling your brain to shut down, put you to sleep. So if you can smell uh, balance, for example, essential oil, you can whiff that and you're like, wow, I'm feeling a little bit calmer or what was I worried about? Was that really so difficult? Like I don't think that was something I should have really got so concerned about. great analogy. I've never heard anyone talk about that and I think that's awesome. In all all my years, (laughs) um, (laughs) that's a really, really good analogy because that's all ties back into not only the – uh, like into our senses, what's that? The olfactory senses, where we're yeah, in the olfactory bulb up here. Yeah, yeah, as an anchor. But you're also talking about from a level of anesthesia, uh, as opposed to how that changes our brain chemic like chemistry as well. So mm, exactly, really cool. and that's what I find pretty fascinating because, and I guess as well, like um, so I, back to your question of who I sort of help and support. Um, Mainly it's been my friends and, you know, family. Obviously, that's who you sort of start spruiking to because you're like, oh, my God, have you tried this essential oil? I use it for mm. X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, really? And as people, you have conversations, they're like, oh, my God, I get the worst headaches. And I'm like, wow, you know, I used to be a migraine sufferer and I use, you know, past tense, which is this great, you know, blend and ice blue on the back of my neck because I get really bad tension because I'm on a computer all the time. Have you thought to use that? And I guess the message sort of evolved like that. But, um. Mainly it's a lot of obviously young mums and mums like myself when, you know, it's hard to support a child emotionally and get them to experience that emotion because I don't want to be like, Emily, stop crying. You're not meant to cry. And then you get like really stoic, you know, um, all these trapped emotions as well. So I'm really trying to encourage my daughter to experience the emotion but not let it overcome you. Like accept it. Why are you upset? Let's talk about it. And using essential oil, though, can just make her come out of that you know, emotion a little bit easier and more um, uh, just gently. Like it's not like a I'm on the floor tantrum type situation. I've been able to support her that way. Um, yeah, and also like um, I guess uh, my passion is helping corporate women um, because yeah. I'm one. And just I think taking time off from maternity leave and coming back into a job, um, it's hard being a full-time working mum with a daughter and a husband and things like that. So um, using the oil to support myself, just to basically get through the day um, is a great thing because I didn't think I was very emotional before <laughs> I had my daughter, but I think, you know, because your body changes so much and um, all those emotions and the hormones sort of come through, you're like, I thought I was pretty sane and pretty, you know, even keeled. And, um, you know, sometimes I talk to, about emotions and I think to myself, wow, 
maybe people think there's something I'm mentally unstable or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm honestly, it's not that I have anything against people, obviously with mental concerns because they, it's near and dear to my heart, but um, why wouldn't you use something that could support you that's natural and quick and effective and cheap than just going around, you know, your days going, Oh my God, I feel so tired or, Oh, why do I have to go to a job that my boss is such an idiot? You know what I mean? I just think that um, there's something so simple and easy to use out there and people just need to be open-minded to give these things a go, I think. Yeah, that's no, really, really, really good. And I've seen it change so many, so many lives. I love getting the random messages from people going, I tried this and this happened and I'm feeling so much better and thank you. And I think, gosh, like three years later, this is still, I'm not the one that, is the only one being affected by this, you know, um, really gorgeous natural way of changing your moods that I found. Um, I mm. also love balance. Um, and for those people who have pets, I can attest to the fact that it'll calm the whole house down. I have a crazy kitten who is actually being quite behaved at the moment while we're recording, but um, usually runs around the house like a mad idiot and <laughs> I pop on some, some balance and she calms down. So, it, you know, it's good for pets and children and, and everyone. Mm, yeah. So, you know, and to support your family to get, just keep your immune health high. Yeah, exactly. So tell me what your, what are your favorite things right now? You talk to us about balance, but um, how, what, what about self-care? Cause I know that's a big thing with oils. What's your favorite thing to do to, to unwind and unwind and unwind maybe it's wine <laughs> to unwind <laughs> after a um, yeah well um to be honest um I guess because I've had uh 12 months it's been quite trying for myself I've been trying to find ways to um I guess just stop breathe um and just take like that little bit of time for myself so I've actually been getting mm -hmm. up a little bit earlier most days and I started doing some breath work um, okay. so just actually stopping and breathing because a lot of people and myself included, you just breathe so shallowly and you don't actually get enough oxygen in your body. So, um, like I know Wim Hof's a big guy that everyone sort of know has heard of. Um, he's, um, amazing, but, um, just even like just breathing deep, uh, five deep breaths in and out, like, you know, on the count of four, breathe in for four, out for four. It's amazing. I often do that during the day as well. If I feel like I'm getting really anxious or agitated, um, as well as using my oils, but, um, I use a lot of, um, I make like, you know, face serums and, um, I'll just try and like, you know, uh, I've made a body butter with beautiful oils in it. So after I have a shower in the morning and night, I'll put that on and you just sort of feel like you're, you know, doing something lux luxurious for your body. And, um, it's more a lot to do with, um, yeah, just, I, I wasn't really, a um, I don't wear a lot of makeup. Um, I don't use a lot of beauty products. So, cause they've all got lots of nasty rubbish in it most of them have always been mindful of that but um making my own I think I've become a lot more um yeah I have a lot more self-care that I wouldn't normally have done before so um you know just nice to sort of and yesterday my daughter and I made little um perfumes and we'd um put some crystals out in the full moon a couple of weeks back and we energize those and I'm getting a bit woo woo <laughs> so it was actually it was good to make little um DIY perfumes with my daughter and we like read about the crystals and then we looked up the meaning of the oil and she's mm -hmm. like, Oh mommy, I'm going to make this perfume to help me sleep at night. So I don't have bad dreams. And mm -hmm. I think just having that empowerment for your kids and you and myself, is just, it's a really, um, it's such a relief that you don't feel like you yeah. have to, um, depend on everyone else for your own health and self care. You can actually take action and do it yourself. Um, so just a few things like that. And, um, 
yeah, just um, trying to journal and, you know, be grateful and have a bit of gratitude. And I think COVID's made me realise that um, we're so blessed. Like my, my husband and I, our work was not affected at all. Um, we still worked full time all the way through. And a lot of our friends were in the travel industry and have had no income for eight weeks. So um, it's made us very gracious and made us really come together as a family and just appreciate the little things like having a fire pit on a Saturday afternoon, you know, roasting marshmallows, like just being together. And, you know, it's just been great to sort of have that um, time with my daughter as well, even though homeschooling, I never, ever want to do again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been great because I've been to have breakfast with her, sit down, have lunch with her. And then I'm, you know, home with her all day. Just having her near me has been quite a blessing. So, um, yeah, we're very lucky. So you've all been working from home, have you? Like um, me, myself and I, sorry, myself and my daughter, but my husband yep. works on the trains. So he's been in the oh, okay. face of the public the whole time. So, yeah. Wow. Bless him. What a great. Yes. What a great guy to do that. And actually. Well, funnily enough, there wasn't many people on the trains because everyone's been working from home. <laughs> that's true. He probably would have been quite safe there, wouldn't he? Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, we've been, um, yeah, it's been good. Talking about your husband, before we lose all the men on this podcast, talking about woo-woo. <laughs> um, essential oils are for guys too. And um, I, sure I love to mention this because um, my partner, from the moment I started getting into it, I mean, he's very good at supporting me in, in different avenues as well. But from the minute um, I started doing it, he was like, oh what is this? You know, sort of, he was a bit, mm. and then I'm like, how about you try this? And how about we, you know, you have this and this, like we were trying all these different things. And now, like I talked about the diffuser that you can see with the, all the oils, that's his, <laughs> that's his <laughs> and his 20 oils. Um, he loves them. And so, yeah, he's probably more into it than me. And every month when I go to place an order, I'm like, what do you want this month? And there's always mm-hmm. quite a few things that are on that list. So guys don't feel left out of this. He um, also suffers from mental illness, my partner, and he's used oils to help alleviate that. We're a massive fan of ice blue in this house because of our, all our back problems and joints and aches and pains and headaches. Yeah, um, it's awesome. Ma- yeah. Massive fan of, um, of peppermint oil as well. Like if I think if you're only ever going to buy one oil in your life, probably make it peppermint because it can be so useful in, in a lot of different ways. But um, yeah, guys, this stuff is definitely for you too. And even use in, um, in corporate environments as well, um, you know, just to relax and, and feel a little bit less um, agitated and in a busy day. But um, for everyone who's listening, if you want to reach out to uh, Lisa and have a chat with her about oils, because I'm sure you'd love to talk a little bit more to different people about it, you can reach her on Instagram, uh, dawn underscore essence underscore oils underscore with underscore Lisa. There's a lot of underscores there. It's basically there is. Dawn Essence Oils with Lisa and an underscore after each word, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. Correct, except the last one. Um, if you're having troubles finding her, you can always just send me a DM on my Instagram as well and I'll be more than happy to hook you up. Well, thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Um, it's really nice to hear a positive story where you've gone through some some troubles and found a way to support yourself and your family through that. And I think you should be very proud of yourself. It's um, a big achievement 
and um, you've changed your life for the positive as far as I can see now. I appreciate it. And it's funny because I think sometimes too you talk about it, you, you sort of all get in your head a bit and you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything too fantastic. I'm just getting through my life really. <laughs> so it's so, nice. Thank you very much for that acknowledgement. I appreciate yeah. it. It's definitely some hard times that you go through and I do appreciate where you play that down in, in yourself. You think, oh, I haven't really done anything. But when you say it out loud, it's like, wow, okay, I have actually gone through a lot and I've made it and I'm still mm. here. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and um, I'm excited to listen to your podcast because I think it's a great initiative and thanks oh, for inviting thank me on. You. Oh, that's good. So um, hopefully we will get to chat to you again sometime soon when you've got some some new things to share with us. Yeah, for sure. Sounds great. I'd love to help any out in any way because I think I'm, essential oils are not the only tool but they're a great tool and I think that, um, you know, people may not be aware of them or know about them so I'm definitely there to spread the oily wealth. Beautiful. Thanks again, Lisa. Thanks so much. Have a great Sunday. You too. Bye. Alrighty, and on to my chat with Gareth for today's episode. We basically chatted very randomly when we recorded this. Um, I'm not quite sure where either of our headspaces were for the entire part. I am going to admit up front that I deleted a whole portion of this chat, which was probably the funniest part of it, but... Um, it was basically me just like not knowing my music history and it's quite embarrassing for those of you who know me I am a singer I should know better and I will go back to uh, learning a little bit about <laughs> the topic that I actually deleted it will mean nothing to you guys but I'm just putting it out there um, this probably sounds a little bit serious this chat because I have edited it the funny most of the funny bits out anyway um we kind of talked about stigma and mental health but we kind of ended up talking more about like through the years how the stigma of mental health has changed i guess so probably wasn't my intention when um i started recording it but that's kind of how it ended up and we also chat to gareth about how things have changed for him over the years from when he was first diagnosed at the age of uh 19 to 20 years 21 years later now i hope you enjoy hello darling hello how are you oh, i'm pretty good today that's good pretty good well, very good, actually. Yeah? I've had a, a change of circumstances lately. Yeah, what's up? Well, I, I was struggling a little bit with the colder weather, and seasonal affective disorder can be an issue at this time of year. Yeah. For people with, um, or even for people that uh, don't have any diagnosed condition, winter can be tough. Um, yeah, so I started getting a little bit down, and I increased my antidepressant and everything's fine. Very, oh, very simple. You are very self-managed with your medications, aren't you? Yeah, look, after 20 years... I mean, you, obviously, yeah. you still talk to your psych psychiatrist. Every but... two weeks, yes. Yeah. I don't muck around about it, because mm. I know that the, the... For me, personally, not for everyone, but the path to wellness for me involves medication. Yeah. And that's not everyone's story, but it is certainly mine. Which kind of leads me to a question that we've been pondering before, and that's... um the stigmas that are associated with mental illness. Do you think that it's improved at all yeah, in I society? Do, I, I and... do. In a, in, a, in 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 a large large sense, yes, things have improved. More celebrities and football players, and you know, big uh, 
notable people have come out and admitted that they're struggling with mental illness at a given time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helped the situation a lot in the last 10 years. Mm. Um, I think we've still got a long way to go, though. I think today, in 2020, mental illness and uh, illicit drugs have a connection of sorts. Yeah, we've realised that. Yeah. Yes. Do you think we realised that 30 years ago, though? 40 uh, years ago? I think doctors and, and scientists... As a society? And... No. No. So now we're a little bit... So things have changed in that way, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, well, hang on. If you go back as far as the 50s and 60s, you know, there was the whole... Or it might have been the 70s. There was the whole reefer madness campaign from America and the anti-drugs movement and, you know, the was that jailing con- of people. and Was that connected with mental illness? Though? Yeah, what I was going to say about that was I, I still don't think um, the, the corrections facilities in America do enough to help... Um, inmates with mental illness. We've right. gone right off topic here. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we? yeah. I had a feeling this might happen. All today. right. Well, let's come back to 2020 then. Yes. Stigmas, mental health. Has it improved? Yes. If not, why not? No, I believe it has. I, I, I think we've come a long way um, in how we collectively think about mental illness in relation to general health, how it can affect people. Where, are you okay day you know we've got all those things now it's really in the forefront the of the black dog mind. institute you know there's a lot a lot has changed yeah so how's it changed for you since you were diagnosed at 19 oh wow that's a really deep question that's a good one how's it changed for me in relation to how other people treat me or how i see myself what are we talking about here? both well you know i think i was always supported well by my family throughout my very ill years Mm -hmm. and I think in relation to myself when I was first diagnosed I was shocked and disappointed and thinking what will my life become and I've really I I came to terms with it fairly quickly so then what about now yeah I I think I, I I am at full pace with the fact that my brain might function a little bit differently to it to the majority of people's that's okay with me i've actually found advantages in it and ways of living around it through it underneath it you know it's been an interesting journey for me actually and one that i feel <clears throat> accomplished in that i've overcome a lot of the barriers and the things that were holding me back and my own attitudes my own limitations. I've overcome a lot of that stuff. So a lot of people might feel like they can't uh, be cured from a mental illness. I don't think the word cure is is, is appropriate, no. Let me just bear with me. Because <clears throat> what I was going to say was, you are living proof that you can improve your mental illness. Uh, some because, people can, some people can't. Yeah, there's two different ways of thinking there you can either just let 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 it be let it be and not do anything to try and improve it yes or you can at least improve it you know two three four ten percent two three four ten yeah 40 60 (laughs) 80 it varies yeah um yeah no i think uh, you know i think i i was lucky in that i had support i grew up in australia i have a good medic we have good great medical system medicare safety nets help you know i think i grew up in the right society 
to, to have the opportunities to change. Do you think that it, in the future it can improve even more? Oh, yeah, quality? certainly. Certainly, and it yeah. will, and it is. Uh, there was a Royal Commission recently and some of the findings of that into the mental health system in Australia, particularly Victoria, um, that I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. And they want to build um, sort of like modern... Uh, for early intervention purposes, so to get to young people when they're first experiencing or having their first psychotic ex- episode or around that time, so they, they, they've they've realised the importance of early intervention in these matters. Mm. Um, and they are going to build uh, new sort of clinics, super clinics, hospitals, you know, these things that will combine to help young people when they're first... Um, experiencing um, the negative effects of their mental illness and they try and intervene early. So I think that's been a good... out. One of the outcomes is that the spending will increase on mental illness in the future. Because I don't know all the statistics, but I know that it's really out there and it's prevalent. In relation to the early... What did you say? The early diagnosis? Early intervention. Of- it was really your dad that started that for you at your age. Oh, wasn't 100%. It, it wasn't, it wasn't an, a, a doctor. No. And I think that's important to note because, you know, as parents and carers, it's good to speak up sometimes because where would you have been if your dad hadn't have gone, hey, gee? Where would I be without my dad full stop? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he supported me. I don't know how he did it because I was a nightmare. Um, <clears throat> you know... Uh, no, seriously, I was. I was a nightmare. I was out of control for many years. And Dad always provided a roof over my head, emotional support, you know, all of it. Food, whatever I required. So, yeah, he was he was pivotal in my recovery. And not everyone has that, and that is a source of... There's almost a, a, a small amount of guilt in me about that because I think of all the people that didn't have that from a caregiver or a parent... And it makes me feel a bit sorry, you know, that that maybe some people haven't had the same. There'd be people out there that had more opportunity than me with like a greater, you know, but... Some people say that guilt is an empty emotion. Yeah, it's it's certainly not helpful. No. No. Okay, well, that was really good. Thanks, darling. All right. Alrighty, well that's a wrap for that episode this week. I hope you all enjoyed. Again, thank you for being patient with me while I had some time away. Um, I am going to jump on to editing the next one and hopefully I'll have that to you in a couple of weeks. I probably will attempt to post fortnightly uh, just so I can keep it regular for you guys and um, give myself a little bit more time. If you'd like to be on the show, please email me or go to the Instagram page and fill out the form in the link guest application. If you have already done that and you haven't heard from me yet, again, apologies. I will get on top of those very soon. If you like the show, please don't forget to go over to iTunes and give me a big five-star rating. The only way we're going to get this uh, fantastic conversational podcast about your stories out in the world is if we share it and we tell our friends and family all about it. The more people who hear the stories, the more equality we can start gaining around mental health. If you're struggling today, I see you. If COVID is getting you down and your anxiety and your depression is worse than normal, I appreciate you. Keep going. 
We are all in this together and tomorrow is a brand new day. Until next time, my friends, take care, be safe and don't forget to be kind to your mind.